Well, it is a new year, and I'm so happy to be able to stand in front of you and, and celebrate with you. You know, I think that the last two years have kind of shifted, at least for me, what, what I look for in a new year. <laughs> you know, I think prior to, to COVID, my idea of a new year, okay, we're going to do new things, new resolutions, we're going to start, it's a new start, I'm going to get a new notebook, I get to... Yeah, I'm a nerd. So <laughs> some of you are like, yeah. Others are like, what? What's, I don't understand the connection. It's a new notebook. You know, it's a new year. You start on page one of your notebook that has pages and dots and you've got a whole system. Or Okay, anyways. Uh, but it's a new year. But then last year and the year before that, the, it, there was really introduced, at least again to me, the reality that though there are a lot of things that maybe I can do and, and control, there's a lot about the new year that, that really is out of my control. And so as I was meditating on, on what this new year looks like and what it's going to look like, I, I really was thinking to myself, what, what is it going to look like for me and what can I control about what it's going to look like for me? Because there are a lot of things that are really out of my own control. And, and I think that as I get older, I, I find out there's a lot more that I don't control than, than I do. You know, as kids, you, you look at a kid and, and everything in his or her world is kind of an extension of himself or herself. You know, that toy is mine. That mommy is mine. That food is mine. It's, it's all mine and me. And as we get older, part of the, the process of becoming more mature is this realization that I am a lot smaller than I thought I was. And my ability to control things in, around me, it's a much smaller ability than I maybe originally thought. And so as we, as we look, I wanted to take a moment at the beginning of the year and ask two questions. What do you want 2022 to look like? And then secondly, what can you do about it? What do you want 2022 to look like? And then what can you do about it? We're going to be reading out of Psalm 19, one of my favorite psalms. It's, it's a worthwhile psalm to memorize if, if you were to ever go and memorize one. We're going to focus in on the final verse, verse 14, but we'll, we'll take a look at the whole psalm as we uh, spend this time in the Word. So we're going to read verse 14 together, and then I'm going to talk a bit about it. If you could stand with me, if you're online, I'd love for you to join us as well. This is one of the ways in which we reverence the Word of God. We're going to read just one psalm, or one verse of one psalm, Psalm 19, verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. This is the word of the Lord to us. Let's pray. Father God, I do pray that that, that verse would be on our hearts today and throughout the remainder of 2022, that our greatest desire would be that our words and our heart would be aligned to your will. God, we desire to be acceptable, not in the sense of earning something from you, but like little children who are in the family already trying to please their good father. I pray that that you would impress upon us the the importance and the gravity of, of allowing and, and directing our words and our thoughts 
and our, our affections and therefore our behaviors toward being acceptable and pleasing to you. God, I pray right now for this congregation, I pray for the people who will come into this church that, that we would walk in a manner that is pleasing to you as your, your servant Paul says. That we'd be filled with the knowledge of your will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding and we might know what is pleasing to you. That we might do everything to your glory. In other words, that we might do everything for uh, the purpose of making you look great in all of the areas of our life. Holy Spirit, would you do that? I pray right now that you would illuminate your word, that you would bring clarity to it, that you would open our ears and our hearts to hear and receive what your word has to say. And I pray that we would respond in a manner that is worthy of the truth that is set before us. I pray this all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You guys can be seated. So we read the last verse of this psalm and a good Bible-believing reader of this word ought to ask one of these questions. Why are we only reading the last verse? (laughs) I'm not, I'd want us to be cynical or, or suspicious, but that's a good question. Why are we reading just the last verse? And, and what, what came before? Because, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to take this out of context and just say, okay, let me apply this to my life however I want to. So I want to take a couple minutes and we'll look at what, what, uh, David is talking about, and then hopefully we will be able to say with David, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my, my rock and my redeemer. And we'll be able to say it with, with consonants, with, with uh, 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 alignment with what he's saying, and we'll be able to look over 2022, whatever may come, and say, yes, let that be my greatest desire. So why does he say that? Well, if we were to go back and, and look at verses one through six, the, the psalmist David, he's writing and he's talking about really this, this, this psalm is a well-known psalm that talks about the word of God in nature and the word of God in scripture. That's an that's easy way of describing it. The word of God in nature and the word of God in scripture. And then the last few verses, verses 12, 13, and 14, are really his response to what he sees. So in verses one through six, he speaks about the word of God in nature. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out throughout all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, talking about the sky, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber like a strong man runs his course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them and there's nothing hidden from its heat. He focuses in on this this view, this horizon, this perspective of of seeing the awesomeness of of the sun as it goes from, from rising to setting. And there's something majestic about the sunrise, I've heard. I don't often see the sunrise. But I, I did go to the Outer Banks this past, actually in December, and one of my children, my son, he, he's an early riser, and he really wanted to see the sunrise. And so 
I wanted to come through for him. And so we, as a family, we got up early in the morning, early for us. Uh, I don't know where you are, but for us, it was early. And we, we walked on the, the shore. Now, the cool thing about the Outer Banks is you can see the sunrise and the sunset, and it's beautiful, beautiful either way, because whether you're looking at the ocean or the sound, it's, it's amazing. So that's why we usually choose sunset. But, but this, in this case, we chose the sunrise, and there was just something amazing about watching the colors change and, and the, the, the power of the sun, how, how just even the sun cresting over the horizon turned it from being absolutely dark to now you can see everything. And, and it was an amazing moment because there's all of these things happening at once. You have the sun, which is this gigantic, you know, powered ball of, of gas and fission and, and science. I don't know exactly how it all works, but this source of power and strength billions of miles away. And then there's light that's produced that's, that's traveling toward us traveling through the atmosphere, the atmosphere of which is, is comprised of oxygen and, and nitrogen and, and, and other things that are interacting, water, carbon dioxide, interacting with the light to produce colors and, and perspectives. And you've got the water, which is doing its own thing. You have ripples and waves and currents and, and wind that's, that's just creating this whole scenery you know, we, we, as a family, we started watching some Bob Ross videos. If you don't know who Bob Ross is, he was a, a pretty famous painter. And he's a pretty relaxed guy. You can watch him to learn how to paint, or you can watch him to learn how to unwind, either way. Uh, but he would, he would paint these amazing portraits, or not, uh, landscapes. And he was painting a landscape. And here we were at the Outer Banks, at sunrise, watching God paint this amazing landscape. And just the complexity as you just begin to think about some of the details of what it took for that to happen. For there to be, you know, an orbit around the sun. For us to be uh, orbiting in, on a sphere, this, this earth that we're on. And, and it interacting in such a way that, that we see the sun coming over the horizon. And we, we see the light coming. And, and, and our eyes which have been created. And they respond to light and they create electrical signals which go to our brain, which allow us to see things and then we can, we can interpret what we're seeing. And then somehow, not only do we interpret the data, but we can respond to it in, in awe and wonder and, and amazement and, and appreciation in this small moment. And you think about the fact that God does that every single day. That he sustains that moment and he sustains innumerable moments for everyone, for all of creation, for all of existence, for all of reality. The psalmist is saying, the heavens declare the glory of God. We can so easily lose sight of the fact that reality is amazing. The fact that you and I can see the colors that we do see, the things that we tasted at Christmas, the, the, the love that we experience for one another, all of these myriad experiences speak to the fact that there's an amazing God who's created all of it. And not only did he just create it and just say, here, go ahead, but he is sustaining it and keeping it. It's amazing. 
The heavens declare the glory of God. Day to day pours out speech. All of this is declaring that God is glorious. David is reflecting upon how God is awesome. He is powerful. He is strong. He's amazing. He's worthy of, of that kind of experience, the, 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 the sense of having your breath taken away. And then he shifts and he's, he somewhat abruptly says in verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the, right, the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true, righteous altogether. He begins to reflect on God and his testimony, God and his word expressed in scripture. And he says, you know what? God's words are, are glorious. God's words are right. God's words are pure. There's no, there's no error in this word. There's no imperfection in this word. There's no mixture in this word. It's coherent it's consistent, it's right, it's good. It speaks of, of the rightness of God. And he says, more to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter than honey, drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. He reflects on the word of God and says, it's so valuable this God who's created all of creation, this God who has done amazing things, who's crafted my own mouth to speak and my eyes to see and my ears to hear and my heart to feel and express itself. This God has expressed himself in this word and this word is perfect and it is powerful and it is good. And then verse 12 happens. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant from presumptuous sin. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. When he is faced with the glory of God and the perfection of God's word, he realizes I am underdressed for this party. Have you ever been underdressed for a party? It's the equivalent of kind of feeling like exposed and, you know, it's, it's that uncomfortable dream that you have where you're, you're wearing far less than you should be wearing and everyone else is, is, is well-dressed and you are not sure how you even got there. He realizes when he, when he stands before Scripture, which talks about a holy God and a good creation that was, that was marred by the, the disobedience of these created beings, that he is inadequate to stand before the word, that he is inadequate to stand before the God of the word. He says, oh man, please declare me innocent of hidden faults. Please check my heart and, and let there not be hidden sin that I have not even thought about. And even more than that, keep me from presumptuous sin. Lord, let me not fall into to, uh, outright disobedience. Lord, I see that your word is good and I see that there is sin in my heart and that there is a great chasm of, of separation between who I am and who I ought to be. God, would you please bridge that chasm? And then we get to verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. 
You know, I think if we had written this today, I wonder if there would have been less talk about words and meditation and more talk about habits and productivity and actions and behaviors. You know, God, let me do a better job this year. Let me, let me establish some better habits. Let me, let me give more this year. Let me attend church more this year. Let me do these things better. And those are good things. The Bible talks about, you know, Psalm 119 talks about reading the Bible. Read your Bible. That's an action. Do it. It's a behavior. It's a habit. Do it. The Bible talks about giving. The Bible talks about being generous. The Bible talks about, about serving and, and acting and doing a lot of things. So those things are good, but David hones in on two things, my words and my meditation, because it is our words and our meditation that shapes our behavior, our actions, our habits, our lifestyle. He says, let the words of my mouth be pleasing or be acceptable. These words that that he can imagine being said to others Words that he said to his brothers, words that he said to his father, words that he said to his spouse, words that he thought but didn't say. If you were to take a, a recording of 2021 and look at your words, what would they say? What would their testimony be about your character? I'd, I'd like to say that... Um, if I, if I were to look at a transcript of 2021, that I would be encouraged, but I fear that, I fear that there they, they might be a, a bit of a discouragement. Because James talks about it, that the tongue is it's very difficult to control. Very difficult to control. And he also says that if you can control the tongue, you can control the whole body. Have you, ever, have you ever been in this situation where you're having a conversation and it turns into an argument and then there's this line that you just cross. You just say something and all of a sudden you are in it in a way that you realized you were not going to be in it. I mean, you were committed to that argument and it's all because of this line, this, this sentence that you said. Had you not said this sentence, you would still be in the land of respectability and sanity, but now you have lost it. Just me? Just me? Everyone else has been on the other side of it and seen other people do it, but they've never experienced it. Well, I've experienced it. Your words have amazing power. The words that we say, the words that we say to ourselves, have amazing power. And David understands this. And he says, let the words of my mouth be acceptable. God, let the things that come out of my mouth be acceptable to you. Let me... In another place, he says, put a stop in front of my mouth so that I don't say things that are unacceptable. You know, just like your mama said, if it, you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's not just because she wanted peace, but because that, that shapes something in your soul. The practice of only saying positive, encouraging, you know, K-love type things. Force of habit, they've done a good job with that. And not to say that there's there's no room for, I mean, Jesus said some pretty hard things. So there's, there are moments for saying things that are hard, but he said it from a place of love because he understood, as a psalmist, he says, may the, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. He, he wanted his thoughts and his 
emotions and his disposition to be pleasing to God, to be acceptable to God. When we think about meditation, I think sometimes we can think of it in terms of uh, Eastern meditation. You kind of clear your mind. Maybe you sit on a mat. You get quiet. But, but meditation, biblical meditation, has this idea of, of mulling over a truth, And so when we think about meditation, I think a more honest expression of that is what are those things you think about when no one else is with you? When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you think about? When you're getting ready in the bathroom, what are you thinking about? As you lay your head down, what are you thinking about? Again, if you were to take a transcript, not of just your words, but of your thoughts, and then not only just your thoughts, but your your attitude and your disposition toward those thoughts, you know, not just the thought of, oh, I don't have enough money this month, but the attitude of anxiety and fear and worry attached to that thought. He says, may the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. You know, the word heart there, the idea of the heart in the Old Testament, it, it has to do with the center of being. It's not just it's not just emotion, but it's certainly not less than emotion. It's not just this idea of may, may my thoughts be pleasing to God, but it's may my thoughts and the emotions that arise from those thoughts and, and my attitude toward that idea, may all of that be pleasing to you, God. You know, we can know and read the Bible and say, God, you are good. You know, he is powerful. And yet the meditation of our heart doesn't express the sense that God is good and that he's powerful. And, and David is here saying, please, God, would you reach down deeply into my soul so much so that, that my meditation, my disposition, my heart's affection, all of the things that, that shape my internal workings be pleasing, be acceptable to you. May the Words, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. You know, the reality, family, is, is that God, he is present with us. And that is a good thing. But it also means that God is present with us when we're alone. He's present with us when we're saying those things behind that person's back. He's present with us when we're thinking those things about the person who just cut us off in traffic. He's, he's with us when we get off the phone with our our family member that we, we haven't forgiven in 10 years. He's with us when, he's with us in these moments. And, and David is saying, in, in all of those moments, let my words and my meditations be pleasing to you, God. Not just when I'm at church and Pastor Eddie's paying attention and I'm, and I'm trying to present myself in a way that, that looks pleasing to him. No, but let my words and my, my meditations be pleasing to you, God. Not just to the people around me, not just to my spouse, not just to my coworkers. I, I, don't, want to just, I don't want to just come off as some guy who, 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 who appears to have it together. But God, you who know me, you who can see my heart, you who I cannot hide from, let my thoughts and my, my words and my attitudes be pleasing to you. This is why he doesn't start with behavior, right? This is why he doesn't say, hey, I, I really would like God for my behavior to be good. Because we can fake behavior. We can fake, we do fake behavior all the time. It's called dating. Right? Oh, he's so nice. She's so thoughtful. It's true. I mean, 
there's there's elements of truth in it, but but there's there's some there's some bending of the truth in dating. And and he's saying, no, no, I want God for you to know me like a forty year old or you know a forty year marriage spouse knows me. And and in knowing me, I want you to be pleased with me in my thoughts, in my my actions and my attitudes. But who is he talking to? He says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. He says three things. O Lord, that is the name, and I've said it before, but I'll say it again. And that is the name of a covenant God. And, And by that I mean that is the name of a God who has said, I choose you, you are mine. This is not a God who has said, well, we'll see how it goes. You know, you do some stuff and maybe, maybe you can kind of come into my family. No, God as covenant Lord was the God who said, I want you to be mine. Abraham, you're mine. Isaac, you're mine. Moses, this people of Israel, they are mine. The Lord who is faithful to his people. The Lord who said, I am who I am for your sake. That's the one he's saying, God, I, I, I can trust you. I can be vulnerable to you. I can, be, I can lay myself to, to, to be open to you. And God, I want you to search my heart, to search my words, and to, to make my words and my heart and my meditation pleasing to you. He says, my Lord, my rock. And that word rock is a word of stability and a word of safety and, and protection. It's a word that refers to God protecting us and, and, and hiding us. You know, being hidden in the cleft of a rock means being able to, to get in between the crack so that you're, you're invisible, that you're, you're protected by the strength. You know, in 2022, we're not just asking God to, to, to look at our words and, and to kind of stand over us like a, an angry school teacher, but no, he's the one who's going to protect us from Sickness. He's going to protect us from pain. He's going to protect us from sin. He's our rock and he's our redeemer. He's the one who redeems us from the slavery to sin. That word redeemer, it can become like a, it's a Christian word. You know, hey, he's redeemed me. And it becomes a word that means nothing. But, but for the psalmist, I mean, he had this idea of redemption from where? Exodus. And the people of God were in slavery the people of God were treated like, to some extent, like things which could be exchanged for, for value. And God redeems them from slavery. He purchases them from slavery. And, and it's even more uh, of a colorful picture in the New Testament when we see that we are freed from slavery. We are redeemed from our slavery to sin by what? By the blood of Jesus Christ. God pays a price, a literal price. And that price is death. He says, let these words be, or let this be the case for me, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart is acceptable to you, my, my Lord, my rock, and my redeemer. There are a lot of things that we can focus on in 2022. There are so many things that you've got going on in your life. 
I, I, I look around and there are some of you who are kind of at the beginnings of your career and you're, you're trying to figure out, okay, do I take this step? Do I take this step? Where do I want to go in this corporate ladder? Some of you are dating and I see and you're, you're wondering, do I get married? Do we, do we take this to the next level and commit ourselves to, to life forever? Um, some of you are, are, are further down the road and, and you're looking at the other side of things and, okay, now that I'm about to retire, how am I going to spend the next 30 to 40 to 50 years of my life? How am I going to, to use what God has given me in a way that's honorable? How am I going to be a blessing to my grandchildren? And, and there are so many things that we could focus on. And, and at this moment, before we make any decisions, I think the psalmist would, would invite us to consider two things, our words and our meditations in light of a God who is glorious and whose word is good. So I, I said at the beginning, what do you want 2022 to look like? And what can you do about it? And, I, and I, I, I'm, I'm asking this question myself. And I want 2022 to be a year where whatever I say, the words of my mouth, and whatever I think and stew upon, <laughs> stew upon, the things I think about, mull over. No one stews upon things. The things I think about, I want them to be pleasing to God. I want them to be acceptable to God. And I, and I feel confident, and I am confident, that if I, can, if I can focus on those two things, my words and my meditations being acceptable to God, then what, come what may, he's going to align me and he's going to guide me through really the unknown. 2021 was a bit of an unknown. 2020 was definitely, who knew? I remember in March of 2020 thinking to myself, oh, kids are going to be out for a couple weeks. <laughs> and now we're homeschooling. And it's not even just a matter of COVID, but it's just the reality of thing that for me, God was teaching me that there are a lot of things that you don't control, Eddie. And there are a lot of things about the future that you aren't going to be privy to until you get there. So what do you do in light of that? Family, 2022 is, is going to be a year of God's favor and blessing because God is a good God. But it may not be devoid of pain and suffering and difficulty. And so what do you want it to look like? And in light of that, what can you do about it? Well, my hope is that, that your prayer like mine will be, let my words and my meditations be pleasing to you. God is, he's glorious. He's amazing. He's awesome. He's worthy of your time, attention, resources. Whatever you've given to him, he's worth more. His word is perfect. If, if you will commit yourself to knowing, memorizing, mulling over, stewing upon this word, I promise you, you will find things that will encourage, that will challenge, that will transform you. Because God's word is powerful. It does what it's intended to do. It's intended to bring about change. God's, God is glorious. God's word is perfect. And we have a good Lord, a good rock, a good redeemer. 
to whom we can offer our words, our affections, our behaviors, our attitudes, our meditations. Offer 2022 to the Lord and see how faithful he'll be with it. Let's pray. Father God, I, I, I come to you and I offer 2022 to you. Lord, I recognize that there were many instances in, in this past year alone where my words and my meditations were not pleasing to you, were not acceptable to you. And God, I thank you that in light of those things that you were a merciful, patient, forgiving God because of your son, Jesus Christ. That you have made a way for me, even this year, to come to you and, and turn away from sin and turn to you again, to offer 2020 to you, to offer my life, my energy, my focus to you. And with the psalmist, I pray over my life and our lives, let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our heart be pleasing and acceptable to you. Covenant Lord, our rock and our redeemer. You're, if you're in this room or if you're watching online and, and you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is a great day to do it. It'd be a great way to start the year. You know, the word says that if we will confess with our lips that Jesus is Lord and we turn away from our sins that he is faithful and just to forgive us. When we trust in Jesus, what we're doing is we're saying, God, I recognize that there's nothing that I can do that earns your approval or salvation, but that Jesus earned and, and received your approval through his life. That when I trust him, when I submit my life to him, then it, it's evidence that I'm in your family. If you want to be in God's family, would you just pray with me? God, I turn away from everything I know to be sin and I turn to you as my Lord and Savior. And God, I ask for you to, to direct me in this life to give me wisdom according to your word, to help me to walk in a way that pleases you. Help me to live a life that, that is acceptable in your sight. Pray this all in Jesus' name.